Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, fellow movie watchers. I am your host, Stacey Hurley. And with me, I have my, the, my lovely, wonderful co-host, Sam Hurley. How are you, Sam? Yeah, yeah, let's do this. Yay. And today, we have also roped in the lovely Kahu. How are you, Kahu? I'm fantastic. Short short and sharp or short and round there, Sam. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I mean, it's just about time that we... We really call this podcast for what it is, which is bringing Nicolas Cage back back to relevance and back to Hollywood's elite circle of actors. <laughs> Have you seen his latest films, Kahu? He never left the Hollywood <laughs> circle. <laughs> the poor guy's only worth $25 million now. Well, how do you survive in Hollywood on that? Oh, I don't know. He must be waiting tables. Could you imagine if he was your fucking waiter? How scary would it be? I'd run out of the restaurant. Yeah, no fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's time for me to face my fears and watch a Nicolas Cage movie. And I'd like to thank all the wonderful people on Twitter who voted for the movie that we watched this week. We finally broke her, guys. We finally wore her down. Just goes to show that persistence is key. You keep asking Stacey and eventually she'll cave. So, I was quite pleased to put my trust in the people of Twitter to choose this movie. So, what were our options, Sam? The options were Face Off, The Rock, Con Air, or Gone in 60 Seconds. And Face Off was the over... Whelming winner. Good choice, listeners. Good choice. <laughs> By about 60%. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Face Off um, is a 1997 f- thriller action movie far- starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. And Sam is going to hit us with the plot of this movie. Obsessed with bringing terrorist Caster Troy, played by Nicolas Cage, to justice, FBI agent Sean Archer, played by John Travolta, tracks down Troy McClure, who you might remember from such films as, <laughs> so he doesn't get uh, Simpsons references, Troy, who has boarded a plane in Los Angeles. After the plane crashes and Troy is severely injured, possibly dead, Archer undergoes surgery to remove his face and replace it with Troy's. As Archer tries to use his disguise to elicit information about a bomb from Troy's brother, Troy awakes from a coma and forces the doctor who performed the surgery to give him Archer's face. That's right, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage swap faces. Wow. Now, if that's not enough to send you running, I don't know what is. Biggest piece of trivia about this movie is Nicolas Cage is such a method actor that he cut off John Travolta's face for this film. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so IMDb give this 7.2 out of 10 and Rotten Tomatoes an astonishing 92%. So, out of 10,000, what would you give this movie, Kahu? As an action movie, I think it kind of still stands up well for a movie of that era, uh, but it does look a bit dated now. Uh, but still, I'm feeling generous, and I'm going to give it 8,600 out of 10,000. Shit. Whoa. And Sam, what about you? Five. Five, Five out of 10,000. This movie is fucking garbage. <laughs> wow. You're looking at me so confused. You thought I, I was going to be really good about this, didn't you? Well, I wasn't quite sure, Sam. Stacey wanted to give the lowest score, and now she's now she's conflicted. Yeah, yeah. now you've got to compete with me. I'm not too sure what to score this film. I really don't know what to make of it, to be honest. Well, you better give it a score. I'm going to take your face off. Because it's like <laughs> looking in a mirror, but not. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to give this film a flat 5,000. Stacey, seven minutes into watching this film, you turned and looked at me and said, do you know who wrote this? Because they need to be fucking shot. (laughs) I feel like I've gone way too high with my 8,600. I'm going to score this 1997. So combined, you both have a lower opinion of this movie than I do. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's just so difficult for me to rate it any higher because there's just some, I mean, Nicolas Cage is in it. We kind of need to have a bit of an intervention as to when your hatred of Nicolas Cage originated. <laughs> Tell you when. Have you seen um, well, that, was easy. <laughs> that uh, movie he did about the motorcyclist, like motorcycle rider? The, ghost Rider. Yeah, Ghost Rider. Oh, rider. yeah, that was shit. Yeah, that was fucking garbage. <laughs> did that have a sequel as well? Yeah, sequel but, is so bad it's amazing. Oh, oh and also. At one point he pisses fire. <laughs> He's like, this is awesome. And then he pulls down his pants and pisses fire everywhere. It's fucking outstanding. That is not a superhero skill I have ever thought of. No. Okay, so if you haven't listened to this podcast before, what we do is review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. So to kick us off with question number one is Sam. Okay, yeah, question number one. It's our standard compliment sandwich. You want to hear one thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good about this film. The first good thing is I just love the, the line in this movie where once um, John Travolta's switched over into Caster Troy's body and he gets out of prison and he goes back to his mate's place and they get on the drugs and he starts talking about how he wants to cut off the face of... Um, the actual Sean Archer. <laughs> this is going to get very confusing. Yeah, this is very confusing already. <laughs> anyway, he's talking about taking someone's face off and his buddy um, mate, drug dealer, the bald guy. Nick Cassavetes, the director of The Notebook. Yes, so that guy. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that guy goes, no more drugs for that man. That's the first line in this movie. It's almost two, a third of the way through. And it's the first line that's made any sense to me. Uh, <laughs> bad things. Only one. Oh, can I? I've got a few. Yeah, I know. I'm oh, looking God, at your piece okay. of paper and there's about 50 on there. <laughs> i got to go really fast. Okay. These are in random order. Cutting someone's hair during surgery whereby the person's <laughs> yeah. face is off. Maybe they were using it for the stitches. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a different movie. <laughs> Oh, the opening scene whereby Nicolas Cage's character is singing in a choir in the creepiest manner possible oh, yeah. and goes up behind No, him. no, no, Stacey. The opening scene is a five-year-old son getting shot in no, the no, head no. Sorry, sorry. through his dad. No, 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 no. That's how this film starts. No, no. With the murder of a fucking child. Present day. So that's the past. So the present day where he's singing in a... Bloody shopping mall looks like or something with a choir goes up behind a choir girl grabs her ass and has the creepiest look on his face oh, ever. You mean yeah, he does cage eyes. Cage yeah. eyes. You mean he orgasms while rubbing erotically against the yes. back of an underage girl? Yes, that that's probably on my list of things that I felt wrong with this yeah. movie. But thanks. Yes. Okay. And one final thing is in all the big shooting scenes in this movie, everybody dies except for the two leads. It's like, kind of as, as if they wanted to make it realistic by people actually dying in big gunfights. Yeah. Just yeah. not the main characters. Yeah, but have a few, couple of people die. Not everyone except for them. Yeah, like all you the police and I mean? the bad guys die. They get <laughs> shot at once and they die. The two yeah. main guys get shot at a million fucking times <laughs> and not a single time. And the final good thing is, because of the aforementioned everybody dying, in the end, I actually stopped caring whether people died or not and went, okay, this is kind of like Shakespeare. 
tragedies, everybody dies. That is a modern retelling of Shakespeare, sure. Yeah, so I reckon the whole prison scene or sequence in this movie kind of summed up the good and the bad of this movie quite well. (laughs) So, in a nutshell, John Travolta takes Nicolas Cage's face and becomes the baddie, uh, Caster Troy, in order to find out from Caster Troy's brother who's in prison where this bomb is. And the good thing is, is that all these prisoners have magnetic boots, which... I thought it was kind of cool because the guards can lock them down. So I thought it'd be kind of funny if there was some like big dude fighting a slightly smaller guy and then they get locked down yeah. and only the big guy can reach him. So he'd just be like pummeling him and this this little man's just unable to reach him. And my bad thing from this prison scene though is that the whole escape of Nicolas Cage from the prison is just totally ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> it's like It's like a converted oil platform or something and... You can kind of see the shoreline, but it's pretty far away. And he jumps off this massive platform, somehow survives this jump without breaking anything. Yeah. And then suddenly he's on shore, like walking to a gas station or something. Not to mention he's been chased by a helicopter (laughs) from the oil shore platform. It's like he jumped in the water and then they were like... Oh, should we wait for him to come up? Nah, fuck it, he'll be fine. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And there was underwater. a boat as well. I'm pretty sure there was a boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's boat. not as if you know, it's oh, just so just some any old prisoner that's escaped from the prison. He's like their most wanted terrorist. Yeah, bro. which was another thing that as soon as things started going south at the prison, none of the guards thought to lock all the prisoners down. No. I mean, no, they watched it escalate to quite a lot, and then they're like, oh, now we better. Yeah. <laughs> We just want to get the guns instead and lose it that way. My last good moment about the prison uh, is the moment when Sean Archer as Nicolas Cage goes full Nicolas Cage uh, to prove who he is to Caster Troy's brother. And Aye. just goes ultimate crazy eyes and then like, smashes some dude's face with a meal tray. Who yells out their whole first and last name over and over again repeatedly? Have you seen me drink whiskey? Yeah, you just take your clothes off. And start screaming, I'm Sam Hurley, over and over again. <laughs> what I loved about this movie is it got us some real full Nicolas Cage moments. You know, where Nicolas Cage was Nicolas Cage. The bad thing is it's just too long. If they cut it down, we would have had a great tight awesome action movie unfortunately it was just too long the good thing don't really see too much of a fucking shootout in a church that goes to a jet boat high speed (laughs) fucking action scene very much a movies and then somebody gets killed with a harpoon yeah harpoon okay right so number two this film is the bastard offspring of a dirty love affair between which two films go I'm going for my first film, Con Air, also starring Nicolas Cage. Released the same year, even. He really nailed it that year. He went from this to that set, I think, or the other way around. And the second one is a a little bit left field, but it's the Clint Eastwood starring movie Escape from Alcatraz from 1979. I actually watched that recently. Mainly because there's a bit of body double action going on in that as well. Uh, I'm going to go, first of all, with Top Gun, a movie that we watched recently that was batshit insane and also had... Two leads that supposedly hate each other, but you f- kind of suspect that they might get down and dirty on each other the first second they get. And my second film is Dark Knight, because of Two-Face. Okay, so I'm going to pick movies from the main leads and mash them together, because John Travolta and Nick Cage were big stars in the 90s. I genuinely think that this movie is the offspring of Vampire's Kiss and Pulp Fiction. How? How? Well, because Nicolas Cage said that a lot of what he learned on Vampire's <laughs> Kiss, I can't even <laughs> keep a straight face because how did he learn anything on that movie? Why don't I? We watch Vampire's Kiss and then we listen to the director's commentary. <laughs> and Nick Cage actually said that he, most of the time they didn't know what they were doing during that movie. 
But he took everything he learnt from Vampire's Kiss onto Face Off. Yeah. <laughs> um, Served him well. So, question number three. What flavour ice cream is this movie? This is tuna and blue cheese ice cream. Totally disgusting. disgusting. Fuck knows what's going on. I'd like to mention at this point that I am now going to take my critic's face off and replace it with another one and say that this movie is the best movie I've ever seen. (laughs) I'm changing my score to 9,274. This movie is fucking awesome. Okay, so does that change your ice cream flavour? Yes, my ice cream flavour. It's the best ice cream in the world. It's tiramisu. I thought you liked the raspberry and white chocolate. Yes, raspberry and white chocolate with tiramisu. It's fucking all the flavours. Oh, that is good ice cream. Mine's boysenberry. I don't know why. I just kind of started thinking about ice cream and thinking about how I'd much rather be eating an ice cream than thinking about this movie. (laughs) I'm going with strawberries and cream. And if you picture a scenario, you're with your loved one on a speedboat. Going a little bit offshore, <laughs> you break out the picnic hamper. This sounds like one of the worst ads that you'd see on TV. <laughs> yes. Some guy with like a fake French accent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so question number four. If you guys were a recruitment consultant and this amazing film came to you looking for a job, what sort of job would it be suitable for? It would be a volunteer to do the craziest untested medical procedures with no guarantees of survival. I did Ooh, that for a while over in London. Indeed. What, for free? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably heaps of different medication out on me. If you think of the, the one guy around today who's kind of pushing the boundaries of technology and investing in it, I'm saying that this movie is going to be a designer at Tesla. Really? <laughs> because you just know Elon Musk could quite easily branch into face-swapping technology. Are you calling him ugly, Kahu? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. No, he's just crazy and he loves technology. He thinks we should all move to Mars and maybe swap faces. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> I would have this movie as a crash test dummy. Basically testing the impact of full-on um, speedboat accidents. <laughs> <laughs> mean. Question five. Which subplot from this movie would make for an awesome spin-off? There's elements of this movie where Caster Troy, so that's the baddie, but when he's in John Travolta's face, (laughs) (laughs) just to be clear, uh, is actually strangely a pretty good dad. Uh, (laughs) He takes on the scum boyfriends of his not real daughter. Hired from that 70s show, gets the shit kicked out of him is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of thinking as a spinoff, a kind of Scott Pilgrim versus the world beatdown movie where he goes after every person that has ever wronged his fake daughter. (laughs) Holy shit. That sounds so bizarre, it might actually work. Yeah. For me, it's Caster Troy's son, the son that basically John Travolta adopts at the end of the movie. That kid has pretty much the start of the most badass assassin story in the world. He watches his uncle get fucking mowed down in a hail of bullets. His real dad dies. And then his fucking adoptive father is the guy that kills him. That kid is going to grow up to be a stone cold badass. Yeah. That, It'd be like a Kill Bill revenge film. Sort of yeah. Thing. That household isn't long for this world, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> see a nice movie and i'm just thinking <laughs> of the the nicest character in this movie was eve sean archer's wife she was just lovely and she just had a shit time so how was your week yeah well my uh, husband's arch enemy pretended to be my husband came home had sex with me but it's all okay now the big question Stacey. if i came home in a different body you'd be able to tell 
that I've got a different penis size, right? Yes. This is my big unanswered question from this film. Yes. But they had that but, tablet, though, and they pressed the buttons and his love handles went, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we didn't see any penis elongation or <laughs> no, shortening. but they... Um, Do they have identical penises? Do John Travolta and Nicolas Cage have identical penises? Well, only only Eve knows, so you and have to watch the spin-off to find out. <laughs> oh, can't wait. <laughs> was, was Joan Allen in The Notebook? The mother? Oh, she was the mother, yeah. Yeah, she was. Holy shit, do you reckon they had a conversation that was like, hey, oh, I just noticed in this movie you're really good. Do you want to come be in this romantic comedy where the, the two leads are fucking psychopaths? Yeah. <laughs> Sociopaths? Jeez, I know another thing about The Notebook. Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say, going it, downhill. Dis- it disturbs me how much you guys know about The Notebook. It's our favourite film after we watched that one episode. <laughs> so, question six. What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? I feel like I've just mentioned mine about would Stacey notice if I've got a different penis size or not if I came home, but... No, the, the one I had is, does this movie hate women? Because literally every single female in this movie has a fucking shit time. But the daughter gets empowered by being given a, um... What are those knives Butterfly called? knife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She then stabs through the man that looks like her father. Yeah, true, true. But still, she's, <laughs> she's empowered. empowered. <laughs> she's empowered. We've got Joan Allen banging a man that isn't actually her husband. It's her fucking husband and arch enemy. We've got a choir girl who gets molested on and grind up behind. We've got an FBI agent who's stowed out on a plane who then has to suck the tongue of Nicolas Cage, who then gets shot in the head and thrown onto a fucking um, airport runway. We've got Jenny Gershon who patches her brother and then gives her son to her arch enemy. There's the other police lady who gets um, burnt alive in the but, surgery. Yes, not to forget the police secretary who comes to work and her boss suddenly grabs her on the ass and tells her she's doing a good job. Hello, Sam. Welcome to most male 90s action movies. Probably every action movie is mostly male-dominated. Still so one of the best movies I've it. ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so my philosophical debate is about Nicolas Cage because clearly got an issue with him so whilst watching this movie i couldn't stop thinking about it would you bang him that was your debate no (laughs) it was we all know that nick cage has some nick cage isms about him in every movie he's got some stylistic things that come through as (laughs) truly nick cage artistic interpretation exactly so my question is can any director actually direct Nick Cage to play a character or do they just have to take what Nick Cage gives them and suck it? I kind of reckon he gets a bit of a raw deal because obviously Daniel Day-Lewis is like the standard for method actors, eh? A good method actor? Yeah, yeah. 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 Nicolas Cage obviously tries so hard. <laughs> Why does it you not get the love? The effort, eh? <laughs> just because he's a tryhard doesn't mean he <laughs> doesn't have to listen to the director. What, what amazes me is like Vampire's Kiss is a great example where he's so insane during the entire movie and in this movie there's a lot of scenes where he's really, really insane. But, like, it's not like they filmed him once. Like, there would be multiple, multiple, multiple takes of him just being so fucking batshit that they've probably looked at him and gone, oh, fuck, well, we've got to use one of these. Otherwise, the story's not going to make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Co? What was your big masturbate? And it was a big one. <laughs> uh, so, Game of Thrones alert. Game of Thrones, it's just been too long. And my philosophical debate was, are Joan Allen and Michelle Fairley long-lost sisters? And is this part of some sinister Game of Thrones-related plot twist? (laughs) Are you talking about Catelyn Stark? Yes. Yeah, she th- yeah, Catelyn Sykes, the red-headed version of Joan Allen, yeah. They, they look very, very similar. 
Yeah. And of course, there's the whole face changing thing with Arya and Game of Thrones. Oh, yes. yes. Without the surgery required. Yeah. So, yes. crossover alert. When Arya becomes a man, does she have a. Okay, next question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving right along. Okay, so which character from this film just clearly needs to get loose? Easy. Sean Archer. Which it's one? The original one. John Travolta, right at the start, because if he was. John getting... Travolta as John Travolta? <laughs> so, at the start of the movie, if he was a bit more relaxed and getting laid a bit more, he wouldn't be so wound up about this bloody terrorist that he couldn't arrest. Yeah, yeah, he he does strike me as a guy who winds his belt a couple of notches too tight. Around his neck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going for... (laughs) I'm going for Nick Cassavetes' character. Um, He's just one real loose unit. And he's patched his sister. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know how many times I've got to get over this. I'm going with uh, Sean Archer's chief, the chief of the police, the one that has a heart attack, and then while he's conveniently looking like he's having a heart attack, then gets fucking judo chopped and fucking killed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Opportunity struck at that point. I, I feel like he needs to get laid. He was a bit too tight and wound up. How did they just go agree that that was a heart attack, though? Okay, like, this is one of the best movies ever. Don't fucking try and don't pick holes in it. There's, there's no logical <laughs> fallacies in this movie, okay? If you're wondering about a heart attack in a movie where people swap faces, you're focusing on the wrong thing, <laughs> <laughs> And also, it's just his opinion. He's like, call the call 911, he's had a heart attack. Okay, question eight. How would you incorporate Nicolas Cage into this movie again? He would be like Agent Smith in The Matrix. So this movie will go full Nicolas Cage, and Nicolas Cage will play every character, but they will all be slightly different, so you know that he's a different character. So different haircuts and... He- yeah, yeah. Well, he's used to wearing a lot of different wigs. And- yeah, yeah. So Nicolas Cage will swap faces with himself. Oh, watch that. I don't think Stacey would. I wouldn't. wouldn't. <laughs> In a similar vein, I wanted him to play his own brother, a la Adaptation, but just like a slightly dweebier, nerdish. Like you could have had like the Superman, you know what I mean? You have the hair parted on one side and glasses on sort of thing, which is his brother, and then you have it parted the other way and glasses off, and that's him normal, you know what I mean? One of them's crazy and the other one's subdued. You get the best of Cage. All Cage all over my face. Oh. All Cage all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Despite all my Cage, I'm still just a Cage in a Cage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's really convenient that we watched Vampire's Kiss because that gave me the inspiration for the answer to this question. Nicholas Cage could have played a dove, which, what? listen, which had done a full body swap with a bat instead of just a face off bitten a human and turned them into a vampire what the fuck is going on so just to let me re-explain that back to you so in vampire's kiss nicholas cage thinks he's turned into a vampire by getting bitten by a bat so that character is going to do a body off with a dove so nicholas cage is playing a dove in face off so you're talking about a dove with nicholas cage's face no, a whole body off. So Nicolas Cage is a dove. <clears throat> yes. So it's kind of like Inception with faces off within faces off. Yes. Oh. Yes. Faceception. So it's, it's kind of like a kind of like a warg in Game of Thrones as well, crossed with Inception. Yeah, yeah and it's, but it's also... Wow. Um, I can't make a free one podcast without mentioning Game of Thrones 20 times. <laughs> yeah, okay, so let me explain anyway. <laughs> how this would work. So they come into the church and then a whole flock of doves that are played by Nicolas Cage fly out screaming like in a Nicolas Cage manner. I think I'm going to fly out of the bedroom screaming when I have this nightmare about this tonight. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, question nine. What top ten movie list would Face Off be on? What a twist, but I am changing back to this movie being shit again. And this movie <laughs> is going on my list of top ten movies that I thought were really, really awesome, but I have now rewatched and they're actually fucking garbage. <laughs> Damn it, Sam, you've kind of stolen my answer. Mine was movies from the 90s that seemed okay when they were first released. But are actually shit. Yeah, that's quite a long list of movies, actually. Yeah, um, like Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. This is up there. This is up there. <laughs> I'm going with the top ten movies featuring jumping gunfights. Ooh. Uh, other movies on the li- this list include Bad Boys and Two Guns. Now, I haven't actually seen Two Guns, but the title kind of seems <laughs> so to give it away. So You're missing the classic of all of them, bro. Princess Diaries. There's no guns in the Princess Diaries. <laughs> Stacey's staring at me like, is there really? I was actually thinking, is there? Amazon's to question number 10. Okay, guys, hit me with it. Suggest a porn parody name for this film. This should be called Whack Off because it is completely wacky, but also like whacking off. Fair enough. What about you, Co? <laughs> yeah, bitch, magnets. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, uh, please explain. What does Breaking Bad have to do with it? Exactly. Magnets in the prison. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bitch, magnets. So Kahu's going for a prison sex movie. Right, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they can't, though, because they'll be stuck in positions. Yeah. <laughs> be like, you're over there, but I'm over here. Oh, what are we going to do? Kind of bizarrely want to watch that film now, actually. Yeah. And it's an all-male prison as well, but, you know, well, if you lean that way, sweet. <laughs> well, it could be I'm like Orange is New Black with magnetic boots I am going to go with face fuck off Okay <laughs> Another like, good face fuck That moves us on to the personal questions Kahu Kahu, you're first up to do the personal questions Okay, my first question How would this movie have continued if Caster Troy just decided he didn't want a new face at all? And would he actually grow his face back if he didn't get a new face? Or would it have been better if he could just use anybody's face? I love how Kahu's asked three questions in the space of <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, I've, I've really done a macho there. Yeah, yeah, have I? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he needed to have swapped faces. I don't think the movie could have continued unless we had like a man in the iron mask slash two-face sort of thing going on where this scary horror face mask dude is just going after him, which would be pretty cool. This is a great question. I think that he would have had to choose someone else's face. And if he could choose anyone in the world, I don't know why, but I thought we needed someone who was a bit more relatable and believable and that we might like. Oprah Winfrey. Close. Morgan what? Freeman. <laughs> close. Oh, close. Racism. At least. No, I'm thinking like a well-respected person who, you know. Change the ethnicities would be quite funny. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I wonder that. With this face-off technology, does that also work across genders? I mean, they clearly have these kind of ancillary procedures that go on with their bodies to... It depends if it's just confined to the face or, yeah, yeah like you say, it seems like they actually do more, like there's a bit more of a body swap going on. Okay, my second question. Aside from being John Woo, why are there doves in a random chapel on the beach? I would have thought seagulls would be the better option. Yeah, well, see, I actually studied uh, bird migratory patterns when I was at university, and doves uh, actually reside primarily within the Los Angeles region, but every winter they actually fly to uh, Narnia, where they breed and then swing by the Shire on the way home and then roost again somewhere over the um, Sea of Tranquility. <laughs> mean. On the moon. Oh, it is on the moon, isn't it? Yes, that's correct, yes. 
So that's why you find a lot of doves in Los Angeles and why I also failed uh, biology at university. <laughs> well, I actually thought maybe in my aforementioned question, maybe the seagulls were playing doves. So they actually were seagulls. But then they seagulls in the bodies of doves. Trying to tell me seagulls have also invented face-swapping technology <laughs> where they've taken over the bodies of doves. <laughs> To inhabit churches along the shoreline of well, California. There might be food in there. There might have been a wedding and they might have thrown rice or they might have been looking for snacks. What do the doves do? Do they go to be being seagulls? I think it would be much better to be a dove, I would have thought. Yeah, doves just seem the, way more cool. That's why the seagulls cooler. want to be doves. I don't know what happens to the doves. They might go oh. to be peacocks. Sounds like a spin-off. We could call it like Beak-Off. <laughs> yeah, Beak-Off. <laughs> And, oh. and, and we could do a crossover with Happy Feet. <laughs> Starring Nicolas Cage as Condor Troy. <laughs> How did we get down this rabbit hole? <laughs> and John Travolta as Sean Rooster. <laughs> I can actually imagine him playing a rooster. That would be a good role. He should change it up again and have um, doves with lasers. <laughs> Lasers on their heads. <laughs> okay. And my, for my final question, and let's get serious now. Would you be okay if your significant other brought back the son of your son's murderer, keep up, to live with you without telling you? Fuck no. As if that's not going to cause issues down the line. Fuck no. That kid does not need to be living with me after I've killed his fucking dad. And pretended that you were his dad to his mother. Yeah, exactly. No, that kid needs to be in a safe and comforting environment where he can grow up to not fucking murder me in my sleep. Okay, my first initial reaction was no way, because I was imagining if Sam brought some random child home. What what if I started rubbing his face in front of you? (sighs) Gross. Jesus, send, we haven't even mentioned I'll that. I've sent you both away. The fucking it's face real. rubs. How have we forgotten that? I tried to do that to Stacey one night and she got fucking punched me in the throat. <laughs> then my face almost came off. Nails were fucking out and everything. <laughs> then I thought, actually, if if it was the other way around and I bought uh, some homeless child home, I think Sam would be okay with that because he's always asking if we can get a puppy. And it's the same yeah. kind of thing. Puppy, son of the <laughs> fucking mother that you've killed. Hmm. But I haven't killed anyone, no, so it would, it it would just be a like a homeless or disadvantaged child. Right, it's your set of three questions, Sam. Oh, it is too. Okay, so part of the sort of traumatic experience of this is when John Travolta wakes up and discovers that he looks like Caster Troy, even though he knows he's going into the procedure. Pretty much every time he sees a mirror, he flips out and is like, ooh, 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 look at me, ooh. But I want to know, for you guys, if you guys woke up tomorrow and looked exactly like someone else on this planet, who would horrify you the most? Donald Trump. Sam Hurley. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) No, no hard feelings, but mainly because I don't think I would deal very well with going bald overnight. You get used to it. (laughs) Yes, you wear it very well. I'm surprised you didn't pick me as well. No, because if I just looked like you, that would be fine. If I looked like one of the world's most hated men... No, you wouldn't be able to leave the house. That's true. Yeah, I get where you're coming from now. You'd have to wear a mask. Okay, so question number two. What sort of vacation is this film? This is a cruise where everybody gets norovirus. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Must be a high-speed cruise. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So it's like a poor man's James Bond film. So instead of all the action and 
exotic locales, you just get Whiten, which is LA, I think. Although the actual yes. setting of this movie doesn't really matter. <laughs> so it's a trip to LA, is that what you're saying? Pretty much, yep. yeah. But without going to Disneyland. <laughs> okay, so my final question. In this film, as we've discussed, John Travolta brings home a random kid and sort of makes it their own. But what character from this film would you get to be the godfather or godmother of one of your children? Definitely Eve Archer. She's lovely. Played by the wonderful Joan Allen, yes. I'm going with Nick Cassavetes again. He's a bit <laughs> what the he's fuck? he's a bit batshit crazy, but he's actually really loyal to his family and friends in the movie. Oh, he's very loyal to his family. Yeah, so I think he'd help a brother out. <laughs> I thought one of you guys would have picked the daughter because she took to her new fucking brother pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Strange <laughs> kid she's never met. Oh, yay! You welcome in, come in. I've always you wanted a brother. Like brother. Oh, oh wait, brother? I did have one. You look just like my other brother. What happened to him? Oh, he got shot by your dad. Ooh, oh, awkward. You know, your dad that my dad killed. Apply for another family. (laughs) (laughs) Question 17. At what point during this film did you think they should have ended this production? I'm going when Caster Troy is groping the choir girl in front of everybody. That is just, (laughs) that's so gross. It's like, he does the crazy eyes and everything. Does the orgasm face. Yeah, yeah. He's in like this massive public space. I don't know why this choir is singing, but... Oh, it's just weird. Is she even in the back row so everybody can see him? Yeah, it's nuts. I totally agree with you. What about you, Sam? I don't I don't think they should have ever stopped this. They should have made it another hour longer. This film was fucking amazing. Should have made a trilogy. And what they should have done yes. is got three faces swapped around three different. So you imagine how confusing that would be. Frice off. <laughs> <laughs> Question 18. Of all the bad moments in this movie... Which is the worst? Now, this question is courtesy of Machu Toto. Really? (laughs) So I'm going with when Troy sort of just creeps into Archer's daughter's room. So this is when this is this is when Troy has Travolta's face on. So Archer's daughter thinks that he's her dad. Not only is she not your daughter, he just doesn't knock at all. And this is like a teenage girl that he doesn't know and He's a bit batshit crazy, so I guess so. But yeah, I just had really bad vibes that something disturbing was going to happen there. Yeah. And it didn't, which thankfully was great. Phew. (laughs) I mean, I've gone over a couple of my favourite worst moments, like when he kisses his sister and like bringing home a random kid and the fucking face rubbing things that they do. But the one that makes no fucking sense at all is when John Travolta and the FBI agents show up to kill you know, his bad guys, like his goons, like John Travolta's friends and stuff, when they show up to kill his goons, he brings his brother along for no fucking reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatsoever, yeah. other than Nicolas Cage, being played by Sean Archer or whatever, then gets the chance to kill his brother. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Why would you take your brother to a shootout with the FBI? Yeah, the guy that has no firearm skills, he's just... He's, a the nerd. Com- he's the computer help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the mathlete, not the athlete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, you think that's the worst thing in this movie? Oh, I've already mentioned all the, the aside from all the bad shit that okay. happened to women okay. and everything like that. I'm trying to think of like another just really stupid one. Okay, all right. Question 19. I feel that the face swapping technology in this movie was completely wasted on these characters. What do you think a better use of the face replacement slash swapping technology would be? See, I reckon they should just develop it a little bit further. Instead of replacing stuff, you just add stuff. 
So Hey, you have another wang. Yeah, so, you know, a couple of extra arms and I can be Goro from Mortal Kombat or a couple of lightsabers and be General Grievous or something, you know? The, op- the options are endless. Yeah, because they actually had like the 3D printing technology of the air, and so they could create stuff and add stuff. What about you, Sam? I, why aren't they just helping burn victims? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What I mean. like, yeah, why aren't they just, yeah. Like the, I I was, this would be perfect for burn victims. This is exactly what they need. Burn Even victims be, not have money? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so that brings us down to question 20, which is the listener question that we put out to our listeners on social media to answer. We went out on Twitter and we got a whole bunch of really fucking awesome ones for this question. So the question itself was, if you're remaking this movie now, who would you get to play the Travolta and Cage roles? Now, this is a tough one because how could you replace these two amazing actors with fucking anybody, really? There's no one that can top either of these guys' insanity levels. But I'm just going to whip through very quickly some of the answers that we've got. Steve from the Everything I Learned from Film podcast came back and said, no real need to recast, but if we have to, Marky Mark and Gerard Butler might work or The Rock and Vin Diesel. Or personally, I'd like to see Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal bury the hatchet for this reboot of a classic, <laughs> which I think would be fucking hilarious. He then also threw in another one at the end where he also suggested, thinking outside the box, Eddie Murphy and Tyler Perry, and then they could play... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, eh? And then they could play multiple roles. I quite like that. <laughs> Moving right along to IMDb Journey Podcast. He said, Kevin Spacey and Christopher Plummer, no real reason, just feel like an interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin Spacey was on my shortlist, <laughs> but he's, one, eh? it's not going to happen. He's kind of on the outer at the moment. But yeah, you definitely want to see him get his face cut off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be quite cathartic for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, uh, moves us over to the more good of them podcast. He said, "No need to recast; just go with the originals. So it would be perfect for your insanity." And this was backed up by Justin from So I Married a Movie Geek. So true. I'd love to see these guys remake their own original film. It would be fucking spectacular. Flips over to the Film Inquiry Podcast Network. It's got to be two actors with very distinct personalities, extreme personalities even. So his picks, Sam Jackson and Denzel Washington. Think about it. That's good, eh? Yeah, Sam Jackson would be very good. That's awesome. Emily Higgins said, I haven't seen Face Off, but I know it should have Chris Hemsworth and Danny DeVito. (laughs) Wow, that would would really test the limits of the the body similarity type technology. (laughs) It couldn't be a face swap, it'd have to be a full body swap. That would be amazing, I'd love to see that. Good work there, Emily Higgins of the Tasteless Podcast, another podcast we had on recently. You guys should check out that episode and check out her show, it's great. The Recasting Couch came back and said, we have an entire episode dedicated to recasting it. We did Christopher Walken and Michael Keaton. It's a weird choice, but we liked it. Yes, I, I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. They've both got the insanity, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, blockbuster mentality, Joaquin Phoenix and John Burnfall. I was fucking very on board with that one. Yeah, I like that yeah. one. J.W. Colwell threw in Statham and The Rock would work. And to which I replied, and now I have to figure out another answer, because that was actually my original choice for this answer. Moving down to one of our favourite people of all in the entire world, Tara Maholik. She threw at us Jesse Eisenberg and James McAvoy. Perfect levels of insanity to go around. Shit, yes. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that that combo. Yeah, well done, Tari. Did awesome there. Uh, Thomas M. Ramirez Jr. said Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise, a battle of the Toms. (laughs) (laughs) Quite like that. The Contrarians, like they said in their episode, and we I actually listened to their episode before we did this one. It's a great. Episode. You guys should check it out. But they said 
Arnie and Sly. Yep. Wasn't it written originally for them? I, yeah, I think, think I think they were in the picture. Yeah. Yeah, I read some trivia. Yeah, I think it was originally written for them. Fuck, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be And also awesome. Michael Douglas and Jean-Claude Van Damme. What? As Sean Archer. Holy yeah. shit. And then we'll throw it over to one of our longtime listeners, great fan of the show, so glad to hear him chime in on this. Uh, he was toying with the ideas. He did think Optimus Prime and Megatron. He's a bit of a Transformers fan. This is Justin <laughs> Mees and Meek. Hey, man. Uh, big shout out to you and thanks for your answer. Um, so he threw an Optimus Prime and Megatron. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sweet. Then we had a bit of a back and forth. And then he was thinking maybe Matt Damon and DiCaprio do like a bit of a pairing, but The Departed. Oh, yeah, I love that. But then he came up with the winner of the week for me. He wants to recast Nicolas Cage with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta with Stacey Hurley. It's like watching someone have a mental breakdown. Well I'm done, totally Justin. speechless. You've completely broken <laughs> Stacey. <laughs> Good work, bud. And then the, <laughs> look at who you broke. So anyway, the last one that I'm going to leave you with is the Countdown Podcast. It's a great podcast that's uh, based over in Australia that we, are, me and Machu are going to be featuring on real soon. So go check out a couple of their episodes, get the feeling of flow for what it's like. I'm not going to give you our topic or anything, just let you guys know that we're going to be on that roughly a fortnight. So Paul from the Countdown Podcast came back and said, got to go with someone who is as divisive as Nicolas Cage. So he's gone with Jared Leto as Caster Troy. As for Cheryl and Archer, we also need someone so much bigger than Cage, so Henry Cavill might be really funny. Ah. Superman, yeah, so that's a really good answer there from Paul. Some great listener feedback, but that now takes us down to our part, where we give our answers. So what do you guys got? So I have to keep Nick Cage. Okay. He's not getting replaced, but I'm replacing him. But I'm replacing John Travolta with someone else who I also despise, which is interesting. And that's Tom Cruise. Ooh. So I'm going with Woody Harrelson and Edward Norton. Holy shit, that'd be good. I'm going to go with Gal Gadot and Kate McKinnon. Hmm. Changing it Who up. Who would be Caster Troy? Kate uh, McKinnon, probably. Kate McKinnon wouldn't be the psychotic one. And then Gal Gadot is Sean Archer. So is this kind of reversing that disempowerment of woman from the original movie? <laughs> yeah. So they can beat each other up and cut their each other's faces? Yeah, yeah probably, yeah. yeah Originally, an awesome wanted- answer, Sam. Yeah, thank we you. Should, I can't. Why didn't I choose females? Yeah, I, I just think, fuck it. You know, no one is probably going to go see it, and all the fanboys will get up in arms about how they're fucking raping their childhood and all that sort of shit. But fuck it, it would be. Kay McKinnon is batshit insane, and like to a level that should be fucking awesome. Do you, I, rec- do you reckon this movie has fanboys? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> like, it's, it's think- kind of good for it. Well, I, I reckon it's okay for its era, if but. This movie was remade. No one would give a shit. They'd be like, oh, thank yeah. God. We yeah. needed a redo. Yeah. <laughs> With Probably. seagulls instead what of doves. doing? This is the best movie ever. Anywho, that takes us down to our last section of the podcast, which is movie reviews in 20 seconds, where we quickly review a movie that we've seen in the space of 20 seconds. The only movie I'm going to go with is, because we're going to do Mission Impossible next week, is I, me, Stacey, as we mentioned, watched Vampire's Kiss on Friday. It was easily replaced The Room as my most favourite batch of insane movie. I'm going to give it 9,999 million out of 10,000. <laughs> Whoa. I would back up Sam on that. It's bloody amazing and terrible at the same time. And poor Alva is all I have to say. Yeah, poor Alva. What about you, Kay? Mm-hmm. You got anything that you want uh, to So I recently watched It Man 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's got some great martial arts sequences, uh, but the best part about it is that it's in Hong Kong during the British rule, and there's nothing better than seeing some arrogant British colonialism getting the beat down. 
Fuck those red coats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so that takes us to the end of our podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We would love to hear your feedback. You can find us on... You can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In. You can find us on Facebook at Movie Reviews In 20Qs. You can send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com. Uh, thank you very massive thanks to all the listeners that got back to us with the answers for the trivia question. I managed to get through all of you, which was an endeavor because we usually we keep it to 10, but very happy to have such an amazing feedback on Twitter. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a thing that we're going to continue doing is we're going to have a Patreon only question where they get to ask us question number 20, which is going to be what we're going to do for the Mission Impossible, our next episode. But after that, every fortnight, we're going to throw a listener question out there and get you guys to chime in and give us your answers. Anyway, that is thanks from me. Thanks. Good night. Oh, and thank you again, Co. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode. Happy that we've done a Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, some final trivia. The brothers Troy, Custer and Pollux are the Gemini twins from the constellation Gemini. Who cares? Yeah, who gives a <laughs> shit? <laughs> <laughs>